Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Cavern podcast where we talk all things Magic the Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. Hey, how are you doing this week, Sam? Um, fine. Good, good. <laughs> I guess, given the circumstances, it's nice to be recording a podcast again for the first time in, I don't know, six months? Yeah, hell I yeah. Know, I don't know how long it's been. It's 2021, let's, let's kick things off again. Let's try to, try to be optimistic, given that mm. the, the hell year is over. Well, yeah, but, you know, 2021 started just the same way. Oh, yeah. As 2020 with, you know, Brexit actually happened. That was nice. Um, COVID is still heinous and everything's going badly. One in 50 people in the UK have it. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Between the 27th of December and the 2nd of January, one in 50 people <laughs> had COVID-19. Mm. Uh, and, you know, the first thing that some people decided to do in the new year was complain to Ofcom about the fact that they did some fireworks that suggested that black people deserve to be alive and that David Attenborough said that we should protect the world. So, starting off the year strong. Yeah, didn't complain <laughs> I about... I we mean to go on. Didn't complain about the weird old soldier in the sky, though, did they? <laughs> uh, no, but it's, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all good fun. Yeah. <laughs> the, the world continues to be a terrible place. Let's talk about some magic cuts. Sweet, sweet. So, <laughs> how, how have things been since we last spoke? Uh, yeah, fine. I mean, my life hasn't really changed, regardless of, you know, restrictions and lockdowns and what have you. I just sort of go to work, come home, and then either play World of Warcraft or paint Warhammer, and then go to bed, and then wake up and go to work and do the same thing every day, forever. Cool. Which is fine. I like doing all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it, but yeah, it's like, you know, Groundhog Day is, is very accurate. Yeah, 100%. Definitely feel yeah, like I'm Groundhog Day. I'm, I'm doing fine. I have no reasons to complain. I'm very lucky to be fine, I guess, but yeah, my my life is just a, a series of just doing things I enjoy over and over again and not being able to leave my house. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, how have you been? Yeah, all right, all right. No complaint. Well, no complaints really. I mean, I broke my toe. That was a thing. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I have a broken toe currently. How do you break your toe con- like confined completely in your house for 10 months? So I was practicing roundhouse kicks in the kitchen. As one does, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I just moved my leg faster than I thought I was going to and kicked my kitchen counter and then my toe just like swelled up. I'll, I mean, I can send you a picture of it after we record this. It's so, so, so <laughs> gross. So yeah, like half of my toes like black and swollen. So that's been, that's been a fun couple of weeks. Oh, amazing. There's not that's really so good. anything you can do with it other than just kind of <laughs> strap it to another toe and get on with it, so... Yeah, uh, other than that, no complaints. Just just living that Groundhog Day life. Um, yeah, like nothing, nothing's changed. I've left my house four times since the, <laughs> since the 11th of March last year, if you don't count putting nice. the bins out. but I do. I do count the bins out. That's, that's a change of scenery, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. It's, <laughs> it's my backyard, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, things, things are good. Yeah, I think things are, things are good, all things considered. Um, I'm, I'm alive. I'm healthy. I haven't lost anybody to COVID, so I think I'm doing a lot better than a lot of people in the country at the moment. Touch wood. I'm in a, I'm in a similar position. It feels yeah. okay. Good, good. Good. I guess we just have to do the responsible thing and, and keep doing this. And in the meantime, let's, let's talk about some Magic the Cavern. Yeah, we've not done that in a while. No, it's been, it's been a little while. I think things sort of fell apart a bit towards the end of last year when the pandemic started getting worse and worse and... It was Christmas time, and and all of it, or just just all of it, <laughs> just it's, all of the things. 
it's weird because I spent most of the time not recording a podcast sat in front of my computer, which is what I'm doing when I'm recording this podcast. Mm. But it just... <laughs> getting the energy to just feel joy about Magic the Gathering in the midst of whatever the hell is happening to the world currently yeah. is kind of difficult sometimes. Yeah, I, I fully, fully agree. It's... Um... It's it's certainly been a time. I think like we've obviously done episodes on like magic burnout in the past and stuff, and it's something that we've both definitely felt over the years. But nothing like this, and it it's not really anything to do with magic at this at this point. It's more sort of the no. the the bigger picture things that are going on that really sort of suck the joy out of the everyday things you used to enjoy. And yep. it's, yeah, it's quite hard to stay just distracted from just what is going on in the world. Um, <laughs> But you know, twenty twenty one, new year. Let's let's kick things off after optimistically, and let's kick off the podcast again. I think it's going to be fun. I think we've got a, a good year of of products coming out. We've seen some things already for Call Time, which we're going to talk a bit about today. Uh, and then we've also seen at least one card for Time Spiral and Remastered as well. And yeah, I think it's going to be quite an exciting year. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's weird that. You know, you're talking about magic burnout. I think this is one of the first times I'm not experiencing that much magic burnout yeah. because everything else is just so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> that even if I find something in magic that's you know, if it's still overwhelming, I'm still enjoying it. So it's nice to cling on to that bit of joy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've just got life burnout because <laughs> I'm doing the things I enjoy and doing the same thing every day. But eventually, you're just like, I wish I could do anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Kaldheim. Yeah, let's go for it. So Kaldheim. We finally got a, a reasonable amount of information. Um, we've seen a couple of cards from the set. We've seen a couple of leaked cards from the set. And then we've also seen two brand new Planeswalkers. So I guess we know that all four Planeswalkers in the set, uh, it's the return of Kaya, it's the return of Tybalt. Uh, we've seen the card for Kaya. We haven't seen the card for Tybalt. We haven't really seen much art for Tybalt at all yet, but we know he's there. And then we have two brand new characters. One of them is Tyrar Kel, who is like what if elves but swole he kind of looks like if if brock lesnar was an elf uh he's <laughs> it's pretty cool he's just like a massive mound of muscle um and I, i'm a yeah. big fan big big fan and then i'm a big muscly man that's oh, surprising yeah give me give me those big muscly elves 100 <laughs> percent. very excited about this uh-huh. uh and then the yeah our second new character is nico aris and they are a planeswalker from theros and they are magic's first non-binary planeswalker that is correct. As far um, as very, as far as human characters go, and yeah, whatever nightmare spawn Ashiok is. <laughs> aside. Yeah, it's the first. It's the first uh, uh, canonically non-binary planeswalker that Wizards of the Coast have de- designed as a non-binary character. Yeah. Um, whereas Ashiok is just a thing without any gender that is just made of nightmares, so that doesn't yeah. really count as representation <laughs> as far as it goes for for marginalized communities. Um, but yeah, it, which is something I'm <clears throat> obviously very excited about. I think it's very, very cool. It means a lot to me personally. And lots of people on the internet get very angry about and it's very fun to argue with those people because they're thick. <laughs> Can't we just talk about the cards and play the game? No. Like, <laughs> they just wanted to make a non-binary character because they have a lot of non-binary players in the community and they thought yeah. it would be cool. And we were like, yeah, that's really cool. I can see myself in this character. That's nice. I look forward to collecting versions of this card. This is a nice thing. Maybe the card's good. Let's talk about the card some more. And then people are just losing their absolute minds about it. So you know my prediction for 2021 was that racists would lose their minds over, you know, depictions of black or Vikings of colour. Yeah. 
it turns out it was just the first non-binary character and they just they lost their minds about that instead first. <laughs> that was fun because bigots are bigots regardless of what they're getting angry about but you already have Ashiok <laughs> so, I don't I don't have this random, <laughs> random massive nightmares whose pronouns are Ashiok that doesn't count <laughs> like uh, it doesn't I, count at all <laughs> I think my, my favourite comment on like, I, I've seen obviously various threads on the thing but I think my favourite comment from somebody I saw was I don't see colour I don't see Gideon as white it's like well <laughs> Because he's not. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. I don't like. Can we just leave? I don't see color in like two thousand five when it still wasn't a good thing oh, to yeah. say. Please, <laughs> absurd thing to say. Like, I don't see color. I don't see Gideon as white. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you can't do better than that. You can't. You can't sum up bigots who play Magic the Gathering better than saying I don't see colour, I don't see Gideon as white yeah. it's just, it's, it's perfect Yeah, I, I can't say anything else about that, yeah. it's any better than it already is Yeah. so um, <sighs> I look forward to at least a whole a whole year of uh, of just all that nonsense but I, I think it's going to be fun. fun, I think Nico Aris seems like a really cool character so they they were born and raised on Theros uh, and an oracle saw their future as like undefeated and they're like a, a highly skilled athlete and trained javelin thrower they're like the best javelin thrower on, on Theros and it's kind of their their destiny their foretold destiny that they're going to win everything and never lose so they just kind of came to the realisation that oh they can just contra- take control of their own th- fate and decided to throw a javelin, javelin match yeah decided to lose on purpose yeah. because it was their destiny to win I, I will say that it's it's the, the fact that there are non-binary characters where my representation starts and ends because they're also a blue aligned athlete <laughs> which is in no way representative of me as a person <laughs> um, but it's a, very, it's a very cool character design um, I like blue sort of getting into because they're meant to be a blue character right? yeah yeah. Uh, blue I, at least. we know that their centre colour is blue definitely I, I think they're going to be blue red but I, I'm not 100% sure on that but yeah, I think that's that's cool. It's a good, it's a cool way to take to take blue, sort of not caring about mind and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Because blue yeah, blue is usually just else. like, look how big my brain is. But it's just mega mind the color. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. But I think th- this is cool. This is like this is, look, I'm cool and sporty and athletic, but also sharp in mind because I'm gonna I'm gonna change my future. I'm gonna do this rather than like. My brain is big, and you you cannot beat me in a mind game, kind of thing. Yeah, I can stab a javelin in your head. Yeah, which is <laughs> <laughs> what we all wanted. Hell yeah, yeah. I, I think Nico Aris is is very cool. I I do have some feelings about their name. It does it does feel like it's it's quite close to Nickel Bolas, and I don't know. I just miss my miss my big dragon god. Yeah, well, you can't have him all the time, man. No. He was a very big part of Magic Story for a while. I think it's time we move on. <laughs> <laughs> you'll just get attached to the next big bad because yeah. you love Pickle Bolas, you love Emrakul. You'll find you'll find someone else. <laughs> There'll be a new evil villain to, yeah. to latch onto. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, we've got the the new characters from Kaldheim. Seems really cool. We've seen quite a a bit in terms of like I guess setting and stuff and in characters too. Uh, we know that there are gods and. I guess I guess that's where we'll start off. The the, the new dual face modal card uh, that we had. I guess it was the first card really sort of previewed from the set. That's Halvard. Outside oh, of the side of the lands, yeah. Yeah, outside of the lands, the, the pathways are back. Uh, we've got Halvar, God of Battle. It's two white white for a four four legendary creature, God. Uh, creatures you control that are enchanted or equipped have double strike. 
and at the beginning of each combat you may attach target aura or equipment attached to a creature you control to target creature you control. And then on the back it is Sword of the Realms. It's one and a white for a legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two plus zero and has vigilance. And whenever equipped creature dies, return it to its owner's hand and it's one and a white to equip it. What are your thoughts on that? Do, do you think he's made of sesame paste? And sugar? Sesame paste and sugar? Halva, no? I, I do not get that reference. It's like a like a sweet Middle Eastern thing that's literally just sesame. Oh, 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 yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah I get it out, yeah. I. That would have been that would be better if you knew what Harvard was. Yeah, <laughs> that joke would have landed better. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've encountered that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Good. That was good. That was a good my... joke. That would have landed with somebody who was who was way more clued up on the uh, Middle Eastern sweets, I guess. I believe that's where it's from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to move on very quickly. I, I think Havar's cool. Yeah. It's, it, it's, we've seen Watsy ch- channel white into being very much the equipment and aura colour. Yeah. And they've, they've done this thing recently where instead of just caring about auras or just caring about equipment, they care about both. We saw that with the uh, Commander Legends Commander decks where it was red and white were caring about whether it was equipped or enchanted. And this is doing a similar thing. Right, like it's it, it, if if it's equipped or enchanted, it has double strike, and then you can move an equipment or enchantment, which is a theme we saw from the white cards from Commander Legends. Um, and then the backside is an equipment, yeah, which is kind of a middling, vaguely underwhelming. Wouldn't be a mythic if it wasn't on the back face of a creature. <laughs> equipment, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's. So I, I think it's interesting for a, a couple of reasons. I, I I quite like the the back of it being something completely different that you can put onto the battlefield still uh, given that obviously legendary creatures sometimes you're going to have a situation where you've got a legendary creature on the battlefield and then you've also got one in your hand that's the same one or you've drawn a card for the turn and it's that. I think this is a really cool way just like once again shave that that percentage, that variance percentage point down where you draw a, a halvar when you've got a halvar on the battlefield already cool, I can flip it over and I can play this Sword of the Realms as Halvar and I can equip the sword to Halvar. Yeah, it's, it, it means that you'll probably want to play four copies of Halvar because drawing the yeah. multiples isn't as bad as normal, drawing a normal, normal legendary creature. Yeah, 100%. I think, like, <coughs> I don't know, just thinking back to, like, what feels like old magic now, like, when you'd, you'd put a deck together and maybe you wouldn't play a full playset of a legendary creature. I know it's completely ridiculous now, given that, like, design of legendary creatures is absolutely bonkers and it's 100% correct just to play four copies of them all the time but mm-hmm. back in the day there was definitely definitely reason to play like two or three copies of a legendary creature yeah playing two, like two or three copies of Brimaz yeah, yeah. multiples because it was a dead card in your hand yeah. I mean yeah the thing about current legendary creatures I guess you mean Uro yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's, it's kind of Uro or, or Torbran or I don't know yeah. like, well, like, they all just say win the game on them essentially like yeah, which is because like because those legendary creatures are your win conditions, so you mm-hmm. want to draw them all the time. And if you draw um, subsequent copies, it doesn't matter because you've already got one in play. Yeah. You're winning the game. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is very much like a medium creature. Like it doesn't feel very special. It doesn't yeah. feel very. It doesn't feel very godlike. I think is a point to make. Like it doesn't have any of the 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 things that we expect gods to have in Magic the Gathering. Yeah, with, definitely. Um, it's, it's it's not for want of a better term. It's not a mortal which I feel like gods have always been, they've always been indestructible, or like the Almanket gods, like or the War of the Spark equivalents, like when they die, you can put them back into your, your battle, into, the, into your library, or put them back into your hand, that kind of thing. 
where this just doesn't have that sort of layer of immortality that pretty much every other god has had before it. Yep, it doesn't have any any criteria for attacking or blocking or anything, which is what we've seen some, from some gods before. It's yep. just it seems like god is the creature type, but doesn't really have any relevance. And imagine the fact that it's god has more to do with law than it does with uh, with the actual card itself or what it does mechanically. Yeah, quite possibly. And I think it's a but, bit of a a bit of a fl- flavor win as well potentially. So, Kaldheim is is very obviously highly highly based on on Norse mythology, and in Norse mythology, the gods weren't really immortal. Like the gods can and did die, uh, and yeah. So I think like drawn from that, I think it makes quite a, quite an obvious obvious de- decision to to not make this this god indestructible or have some some strange immortality clause in it. Yeah. It, it, it works with the flavour, and I think that's fine. I think it's kind of a medium card. I think it's designed for Commander. And unless we get some more very good equipment, something, you know, sort of cycle level, then uh, it's going to be kind of overwhelming, I suppose. Yeah, quite possibly. I, I think, I mean, we, we obviously we haven't seen any of the other gods yet, so I, I don't know if they're all going to be equipment on the other side or if there'll be spells on the other side or, or what. But I, I suspect that, like Halvar, Halvar's probably fine in like some sort of like red white equipment. We're not a deck probably like if that's going to be a thing still, um, or potentially a little bit later down the line when we get the Dungeons and Dragons set. I assume there's going to be some sort of equipment matter theme there, and I think Halvar will probably see a lot of play then. Yeah, we've seen them kind of slowly ramping up the amount of equipment matters cards in yeah. standard, as well as in supplementary products. Um, you've got stuff like Akiri, which does stuff with equipment, but we haven't really got the good, apart from Embercleave, obviously, we haven't really got the good equipment to go with it. Yeah, this definitely. doesn't. This does basically nothing with Embercleave. Yeah, <laughs> it already gives double strike, and moving it doesn't really matter when you put it into play equipped to something. Yeah, totally. I think like between this and Embercleave, I'd much rather have four copies of Embercleave in like any deck than than this. Yes, and four so copies of this, like a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just annoying that like, a new mythic that cares about equipment doesn't synergize at all with the most played equipment mythic yeah <laughs> it's a Korean standard but um i think it's 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 a commander card and it's a cool flavor design i think it's basically where i stand on it yeah totally but then again i said that about omnath and look where we are yeah so. <laughs> hey look we all said that about omnath we all said that i said that about, about every oh yeah Oro seems kind of good i wonder if it's good in commander yeah <laughs> well, omnath seems kind of good i wonder if it's any good in commander i don't know maybe Halvar's just the new tier one either it's the new tier one or it's bad yeah, <laughs> these are my predictions. Cool. So next up, we're going to touch on a, well, I guess, the planeswalker that we've seen so far. That's Kaya, the inexorable. It's three white black for legendary planeswalker Kaya. Uh, she comes into play with five loyalty and has three abilities. Plus one, put a ghost form counter on up to one target non-token creature. It gains when this creature dies or is put into exile. Return it to its owner's hand and create a one-one white spirit creature token with flying. Minus three, exile target non-land permanent. Or minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep. You may cast a legendary spell from your hand, from your graveyard, or from among cards you own in exile without paying its mana cost. Uh, yeah. It's a Kaya. It's, it's, I, so I really love this card. I don't think it's the most busted thing ever, but I think, like, it's it's a five mana playing Zorka with a plus one, a minus three, and then a minus seven that wins the game. I feel like yeah. it's been forever since we've seen that. Like Teferi Hero of Dominaria is the last one like this, and it feels feels good to me to be back into that <laughs> that design space. Like things are slowly, yeah. slowly ramping back down. I agree, I agree. I mean yeah, it's 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 
I do hate this trope, but it, it's the you know sort of perfect standard kind of unplayable planeswalker. Right? It's plus one vague card advantage in a kind of weird, flavorful, fun way. Minus removal and seven does something stupid. Yeah, and that's that's fine. Also, it. it it, it's Kaya. <laughs> it just does very Kaya-like things. Yeah, it really does. It really, things. really interesting abilities. I think like the Ghost Form counter thing is really cool. Like that's that's a hundred percent like weird Kaya ability, and I love that. Uh, Exile target permanent. I think that's going to be quite relevant. I I think whatever the control deck is, uh, I assume it'll just be you know eighty card Espeorian. Uh Kaya will easily be two or three copies in any sort of Espeorian deck. Um, like, that minus three is going to be really good there. Then the, the minus seven. The minus seven, I think, is is very interesting. Um, so, straight away, there's, like, there's a really, really obvious combo there. But I don't know... I don't know if it's ever going to be possible outside of any format apart from Commander. So you... You, you minus seven with Khan's Temporal Sundering, and you just take infinite turns. Oh, sure, okay. I mean, she can immediately buy herself back, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's the trick. Yeah, yeah. You minus seven, then boom, you get a, you get a straight back. Uh, but yeah, obviously, if you have constant portal sundering in your your hand or your graveyard or even in exile, you can just cast that, take a turn. Next turn, you cast that, take another turn, cast that, take another turn. So it it just it it goes infinite with that. But I I don't think I don't think that'll be good enough for any constructed format, given that she's a five mana planeswalker. Uh, I look forward to this seeing some fringe play in legacy Nick Fit decks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we this go. This is exactly the kind of card they're looking for. It's just like a five minute thing you can find off Arena Rector that yeah. synchronizes with what you're trying to do anyway, and it has removal on it, and it's just a value engine. Um, I do like it, but like, the first the first ability is very Kaya. The minus three is just it, planeswalkers normally have to have removal on them if they cost five mana. So yeah. this is Kaya, Kaya exiles things and can exile anything, which is interesting. It can exile opposing planeswalkers. Um, and then the minus seven is just her flickering out and coming back. So yeah, it's 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 very Kaya. I like it. Yeah. I I, I just, just love it. I think Kaya's great. Every time I guess apart from that War of the Spark card, like every every other Kaya card has been been fantastic just because it's been interesting. It's been very interesting and Yeah, definitely. Not always necessarily the most playable thing, but definitely the kind of design space that I wanna see with Planeswalkers. I do think it's kind of a shame that this is like not very innovative in terms of design because, like you say, like Kaya planeswalkers have been very innovative. Yeah, that's it. I think the the abilities themselves are, but just like the templating isn't. Like this is this is all this is what we've seen before. This is Deferi. This is Omnixless. This is you know, I guess this is this Ashiok. Ashiok did have the same sort of templating, really, when you think about it. It's still, five mana has a plus one that puts something onto the field or whatever. Minus that bounces something or exiles something then it wins the game so yeah yeah i guess i guess ashiok was the last time that we we saw this and if it if it's not broken don't fix it really I mean, like it's that's how i feel that's the thing hmm? like, i still can't believe in a what we live in a world where Theros beyond death ashiok is unplayable <laughs> yeah oh yeah 100% 100% is not playable it it was a a one of in some sideboards of of Inverter and Pioneer, and, and that was it. Like, like yep. sometimes you might see a, a Yorian deck play one because those decks need to play eighty cards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a shame. I doubt this will be that much of a player, but it's a cool it's a cool deck. It's yeah, cool definitely, deck. it's a cool it's card. A cool card. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think, like I said, if, if 
whatever the Esper control deck is, she'll be two, maybe three in that. But this is not a Teferi, definitely not. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So another thing that we've seen the return of, um, we've seen one officially officially previewed return of, and then a couple of of unofficially leaked pre uh, I guess return ofs is is sagas sagas are back. Yeah. And I really love that. I think any sort of plane where you, you're going to base the design of the plane on mythology, sagas 100% makes sense. Like it was fantastic to have them in Theros. Obviously, they were they were a perfect fit for Dominaria at the time. It was like here's the story of magic, just written on the cards. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. and yep. hopefully, hopefully, I think next time when we go back to Armanket, which we will at some point, like 100% we will. I think when we go back to Armanket, it'd be really cool to see sagas come back then like maybe one for like each of the gods sort of telling their story would be really cool yeah that'd be really cool i think i think it's interesting that these are the first multicolored sagas we've had which is fun yeah i think they are yeah with the strain yeah we we have a boros one a ragdoss one and a celestial one and it's the first every every other one has been has been monocolored like you say, like depicting a certain event or whatever. Yeah. Um, that kind of made sense. But yeah, this is these are these are multicolored ones, and they do multicolored things. And I think that's it's it's like we said at the time that sagas were just a great design, and yep. they're from you know Richard Garfield himself essentially is yeah. who designed these these cards. So obviously, they were going to be pretty pretty important pieces of design, and I like that they keep coming back to them, especially when like you say, like it's just depicting parts of lore. I think that's yeah. really cool to be able to instead of just trying to depict something on one card, you get like sort of the chance to put it into three or four chapters, you know? Like Yeah, definitely things it's, happen. The abilities of the card really tell really tell a story. And I think that's that's something that's always been great about magic. Like you have all of the characters and the lore and the story is told through the, the pictures and the flavour text and I feel like very rarely do abilities of cards sort of tell stories, or at least like not like they used to back in you know, the very very early days of Magic. Like you look at cards from like the early nineties, and there's a lot of sort of flavor, sort of storytelling things to do with, with the cards' abilities themselves. Where nowadays there's, there's not a lot of that. It's just good powerful cards. But sagas yeah. are, are a really really good way just to to tell a story through game mechanics, and yeah, it's yeah. great. Like there's a reason Richard Garfield is one of the best game designers of all time, and. Yep. Saga is an absolute testament to that. I think they're they're fantastic, and it's really cool to see them here. Definitely, definitely. Should we uh, should we hit some some other mechanics that we know of now? Yeah, I think so. Because there are a lot of mechanics in this set. Yeah, it really does look like there's going to be loads. Um, I guess more so than more so than there have been for, for any set I can remember well, for a while. To be honest, like I've just seen one that I forgot was in the set. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's there's definitely. I mean, I feel like I. For me, Akoria felt like it had like a lot of mechanics because there was a lot of new things and a lot of strange things. But this this is genuinely like a load of mechanics and it's exciting, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, definitely. Where do you want to go first? Uh so I guess Shapeshifter or Changeling. Uh yep. Changelings Changeling. are back. So Changeling mm-hmm. are, are back. We've got a, a Shapeshifter in Realm Walker. It's two and a green for a two three changeling. As Realm Walker enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. You may look at the top card of your library any time. You may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. So I guess this is kind of... It it's, leads into what is kind of a mechanic in which the, this is going to be a tribal set, I suppose. Yeah, but it seems Which so. is a lot to cram into one set. Yeah. And obviously we'll get to the other mechanics that we have, but it's a lot to cram into a set. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a tribal vizier of the menagerie. Yeah, vizier of the menagerie. Um, for three mana, and I don't think it's going to be particularly good. Um, maybe there's you know you've got elves, right? We know there's an elf planeswalker. Maybe there's like a, a proper elf theme. So yeah, there's, potentially there's an elf deck here or something. Um, and we also have a, a, a pyre of heroes. Which is a tribal card, right? Tribal yes, birthing pod. Pyre, of, Pyre of Heroes is is like tribal birthing pod. Um, mm-hmm. Whether or not it will be anywhere near as strong as birthing pod, I think it is nope. remains to be seen. Like a hundred percent, but nope. <laughs> there's always there's always potential when these kind of cards get previewed, and I I think this I don't know I I think there's 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 certainly as much potential in, in this one than there has been with things like Vanifar and stuff in the past. I, think I mean, I made my take when we first saw this card that this card yeah. is not good, and yeah. I think people are forgetting just how stupid Birthing Pod is, <laughs> and the fact that it costs one mana to go and effectively one mana to go and tutor and gets any creature, and this one costs two mana to go and get a specific creature type. Yeah, which is not as powerful. I think people just love Birthing Pod, and they see that any any version of it must be good. And we saw with Vanifar that Vanifar is not very good. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's, there's always one specific combo or specific line that you can, you can kind of get together and, and pull off, and and it's always sort of more fragile than stuff like like Birthing Pod was. Um, but this, this is an interesting one. So I think for me, like the obvious, the obvious go to straight was, was Arcane Adaptation. Like, if you can, if you can do that, if you can pay two mana and turn two to put a Pyre of Heroes into play, then. You you turn three play an arcane adaptation and then maybe go off and turn four. I don't know, but it, it feels like there's mm-hmm. so many so many ho- hoops to jump through as opposed to like Vanifar felt a lot easier than this, and certainly Pod is just is just silly, and I can't imagine it'll ever be unbanned in modern. Um, probably not. Though modern is a very different place than when both was banned, so yeah, <laughs> there's always true. potential. Uh, yeah, we have we have a tribal set again, which is cool. Yeah, I, I always I'm always sort of I feel worried about these kind of sets when like especially one that obviously again we'll get to it, but like there's so much crammed into the set, so many different themes and so many different mechanics and trying to do so many things. I I really get worried when it's just a one set block now. Yeah, that yeah. we're trying to cram so much in. Whereas if this was over two or maybe three sets, we'd really get a chance to explore like the changing part of it and then maybe like the god part of it or what have you. Yeah, um, definitely. But. With this one, we just we just trying to cram it all into one set, which feels like maybe we miss. We saw it with Theros, right? Like there's meant to be more Titans, but we only got two of them. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah. a shame that we get to live, we have to miss those ones off. Hundred percent. It felt like Theros was going to be two sets: one where you'd be on the plane of Theros, and then another one where you'd be right in the underworld. And yeah, we'd get the the other Titans then, and it could have been a lot more interesting or a lot more involved. Um, I don't know. Maybe they would have actually done a story for the set or something as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah I, I think I think this is this is one of my concerns I, I share when it comes to Kaldheim. I am a hundred percent very very excited for this set. I've wanted this 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 plane for years and years, so I am really looking forward to it. But I do I do have a couple of concerns, and I, I think one of them is that yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot jammed in. Some things might just get lost in the shuffle, or it may end up being slightly too complex for, I guess, newer players or more casual players, and maybe it won't be as popular a setting because of that, but we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we can we can move uh, from the fact that it's trouble set to talk about the tribe specifically for a second. Yeah, let's go for it. So Where we have, do you want to hit first? Well, we have Black White Angels, 
red blue giants, red white dwarves, black green elves, and what's the other one? There are five, right? But there are four. Uh, there, there are. I think there are five. So you have elves, dwarves, angels, giants. Uh demons. Demons. As demon, demons. I think? No, I don't think it's demons. I'm just looking. I'm looking at the um, the theme and set booster cards. Oh yeah, the, angels, the giants, elves, dwarves, shapeshifters. Oh, shapeshifters. Shapeshifters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, was that blue green? A uh, blue green. Yep. Cool. Um, which is cool. Like those are all popular tribes. Tribes and the fact that we have blue red giants is wild to me. Yeah. I guess they're meant to be like they meant to be like uh, was it Thrix from Theros Beyond Earth where it's like a, the elemental giants, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I assume it, it's going to be like the frost giants from like yeah. Norse mythology, and obviously, how do you show cold, frost, icy things in magic? Oh, it's blue, so blue red giants it is. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of a shame considering we've had red white giants be a theme throughout magic history. Yeah, and people building giant tribal EDH decks are going to be annoyed, um, but. Yeah, those are the ones we have. We have more angel cards, more elf cards, um, more changing cards in general, more dwarf cards, which I think is very important. Yeah, dwarves definitely. have been an, an underrepresented tribe for a long time. Um, we have, you know, just a dragon speaker shaman, but for angels now. That's cool. We like to appeal to the casual markets. We have dwarves caring about equipments and vehicles still. It's all the same. We have elves just being lords and creating tokens and making mana. That's yeah. fine. And giants doing pretty much literally frost giant stuff <laughs> um yeah, yeah. definitely it's, i mean i'm quite excited to see the blue giants myself it's not something that we've mm-hmm. seen i guess leaked or i mean we've seen a a sorcery maybe which references giants or is it an enchantment we've seen a we've seen one from one from the theme and set boosters which i guess yeah. might give us a flavor um but it's as an additional cost to cast this with a giant or pay yeah, two, which the is one. the dragon thing from khan's yeah which is the, the, drag, the, the dragon templating from Dragons of Tarkir, where you have to reveal a dragon or do something else. Um, and then it, when it attacks, you may cast an instant or sorcery from your hand without paying its mana cost. So it's doing that kind of thing, right? I yeah. think the dragon thing is, is big creatures that do spell singer stuff, which is kind of probably not going to be remotely relevant in any format. But it's nonetheless a cool design. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I guess that's the theme they're going for with that. And then everything else is kind of self-explanatory. Uh, angels are angels that do life-linking stuff. <laughs> Uh, and shapeshifters are shapeshifters, and we'll have to see how many there are. I think maybe it's like, I, I assume, this is what I mean, like, it's just so much crammed into the set that I assume that it's going to be a very minor theme. Yeah. Uh, and it's more lore fo- more, more like lore focused than it is actual gameplay focused. Yeah, quite, quite probably. I don't know, like, I'm just, I'm looking through the theme boosters now that you mentioned them, because I've, I've forgotten that was even a thing, and looking through the theme boosters, it's just like, oh yeah, there's a vehicle as well, like, vehicles are mechanic, and I mean, I guess not, technically not in the set, because theme booster cards aren't in the set, but we know that there's a there's a, a vehicle on Carl Time at least. Well, yeah, well, vehicles just... are evergreen or deciduous at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, deciduous. But, but even if there are vehicles, it doesn't have to be a theme, but this seems to be, like, actually a theme, right? Yeah. Um, because we have Bearded Axe from the theme boosters, which is equip creature gets plus one plus one for each dwarf equipment and oh, vehicle, vehicle you control. Yeah. And then Armed and Armoured, which is vehicles you control become creatures. Like, it, it's... Yeah, it's also a yeah. thing. So, like, we've just got everything <laughs> in the set crammed into one. It's ridiculous. It is, yeah. We, do you want to move on to yet another mechanic that we've got? There's yeah, three go more, for I it. think. Go for it. We have... We don't know much about this, and this is a leaked card, so if you don't care about leaks, then I guess stop listening. But... 
these are leaks that have come from specifically boosters that people have opened. Yep. Not like they're not trying to leak stuff, they just opened Commander Legends boosters and got some card hand cards. Yep. So that's Wizards messing up and then people shared it, which maybe they shouldn't have done, but also it's they didn't want to get leaks. <laughs> and they them, uh, <laughs> yeah, they so, wanted like extended art foil jeweled lotus and instead yeah, they got exactly. like leaked cards for a set that doesn't yeah. yet. <laughs> in, in, instead they opened Runeforge Champion. Mm. Uh, Runeforge Champion, or as I'm going to call it, Runeforge Mystic, because that's what it is. Yep. Uh, when Runeforge Champion enters the battlefield, you may search your uh, library and or graveyard for a rune card. Reveal it and put it into your hand if you search your library shuffle it. And then you may pay one rather than pay mana cost for rune spells you control. And we don't have any runes spoiled or revealed or leaked yet. Yeah, no one's opened any runes yet. Just the just the rune forge champion. But this is the rune thing. So rune is another mechanic. And this is, you know, kind of a, it's a three mana two three that cares about runes and makes runes cheaper, so they're clearly trying to push it as a proper theme. It's not like Adamant in Throne of Eldraine where it's just a thing that's there and <laughs> just yeah. a random mechanic tacked on. This is like a you know, it's 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 on a reasonably well costed, I assume, rare. Um, and the fact that you make them cast one means that they're not going to be like 10 mana spells that you can just cast for one with this, I assume? I, I hope, hope not. I hope yeah. not. I think, yeah, so I guess I mentioned concerns before. I think this this is potentially enough of my concerns. This, this That clause that you may pay one rather than pay the mana cost for rune spells you cast, like, I don't know how many times they have to be told that, like, reducing the mana cost of spells greatly, which... We don't know yet, but we can assume at this point uh, it is is never a good thing. It never ends up in in good fun games of magic at all. Like no. I, I feel like the only the only card really where I, I like an alternative mana cost like that is Force of Will, and that's only because it's an it's it's an essential card in Legacy. Yeah, I think yeah. If they, if they, we hadn't seen that before and they printed. Forces today, I would probably have something to say about it. Yeah, hundred percent. When a radio force will, um, but yeah, I I assume based on this wording and the name rune and the fact that you can pay one, I imagine they're going to be like one to three mana cost. Yeah, enchantments or artifacts that probably function similarly to something like spell bombs. Or yeah. the the omens from Theros Beyond Death, where you cast them, they do a thing, and you can sacrifice them to do a thing. I or something like that. I would imagine they're fairly cheap, fairly bad cards unless they're paired probably with Runeforge Champion or some a, a similar other rare or mythic that does something with runes. Um, and they're not going to be that busted. I'd assume it's like, you know, one and a blue maybe, or maybe they're artifacts, it's two mana, enters battlefield, draw a card, pay two, sacrifice a draw a card, something similar to that. Yeah, I, I would I assume, <laughs> like, at, at this point, given that we know absolutely nothing about them, I think that's I think that's a fair assumption. I, I, I want to feel like they've... They, they will have learn some lessons maybe but i i don't know i don't know Th- this set was still in development like yep. like i guess this set would have would have been finished and sent off to the printers by the time that they had to erode a whole mechanic from a set that came out last year <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's it's very true i yeah i assume there's something we'll like see. that or maybe maybe they're maybe they're sorceries or something that like you cast her in something or like an aura or i don't know like they're I hope they're just going to be innocuous things that get better, yeah. or only they're only good if you play them with Reinforced Champion or something similar. Yeah, I definitely, hope. definitely. I, I yeah, I have no problem with that. Like if if they fit into a specific deck or a specific strategy with this sort of built around this one card, like a hundred percent, that's fine, that's cool, I like that. But if it's like, oh, this deck plays white and it can just fit in Reinforced Champion because playing it with the runes for like no downside is is good and supports whatever deck plays white then i think that's where i may have a bit of a problem with it but 
we know yeah. nothing at this point, so I think that's let's approach it with, with with optimism, keep an open mind, and I'm excited to see what runes are. Yes, so am I. Right, next next mechanic that we know about now. Well, we cool. assume these these are leaks. But yes, yes. So they, these these are, are leaked cards, but I at this point I I have no reason to, to doubt their their authenticity. Yes. Uh, I want to hit up the next one, which is Blessing of Frost. Is three and a green for a snow sorcery, which is distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of creatures you control, where X is the amount of snow mana spent to cast this spell. Then draw a card for each creature you control with power greater, with power four or greater. Excellent. Snow's back. Good. Snow is back. Yeah. We expected it, right? Kaldheim. Yeah, we we definitely expect it. I, as long as I've known of the existence of Kaldheim, I've assumed when we go there, there will be a snow mechanic, and it hundred makes hundred percent just makes sense that that'll be a thing. Um, yeah. yeah, I I think it's cool. I have no issues with it. I have no issues with this card. I don't think this card is particularly playable. I agree. Yeah, I don't think it's playable in any kind of thing. It, this might be an interesting. If we manage to couple a snow commander deck together, this might be cool. Yeah. Uh, or maybe just a plus one, plus one account of the deck that happens to play snow basics, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's particularly good. But it's interesting that this is both a return of snow, which is a mechanic, and then snow sorcery is a new mechanic, mechanic as well, right? Yeah. So we now have snow sorceries, which I imagine, based on the wording of this card, are just, you cast them, and if you spent snow, you do something extra, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, or you do the thing. So, like, you put the counters on if it's snow. Um... But yeah, snow's back. That's cool. I'm looking forward to whatever snow basics, they, what they look like when we get them. Yeah, definitely. I, I assume they'll be good. Like, it's pretty much every basic land looks really cool nowadays, so it doesn't really matter. You just pick and choose whatever your favourite ones are, and hopefully the artist doesn't turn out to be a predator. Um, <laughs> the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully hopefully they're going to be cool. And I, I'm looking forward to playing finally, finally, being able to play snow and standard, given that the very first FNM I ever went to, uh, I played with snow-covered mountains as my basic mountains, and did not know that they were not legal. Well, aren't you cool? Yeah, come full circle in my magic journey. Get to play snow <laughs> and standard finally. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that, and um, hopefully they don't print anything busted like they did last time we did snow in Modern Horizons one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The snow oh, basics in Modern Horizons one were very nice though. They are very nice. I love those snowy butt plugs. Yeah, I guess that's your, your standard lands now. <laughs> snowy butt plugs. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll be maybe the ones in Kaldheim will be like a snowy version of a different sex toy. Yeah, maybe. That'd be cool. Like snowy, snowy anal beads. Nice. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah. Uh, next one, uh, we're gonna go for Dragonkin Berserker. It's one and a red for a human berserker. It's a two-two with first strike, and has the ability, boast abilities, you activate cost one less to activate for each dragon you control, then has boast four and a red, create a 5-5 five, five red dragon creature token with flying activate this ability only if this creature attacked this turn and only once each turn so not, so only, do we have, not only do we have boast but we also have dragons <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a human that, that yeah, it's a human that's a dragon tribal card that also has a new mechanic on it. Yeah, this is what I mean. Just everything's coming into the set. There's so much, so everything's much just in here. the set. Like there's, there's so much. And maybe maybe yeah. this has been true for a while. I just haven't paid attention. But this is so much. Yeah. Dragons and then four other tribes and changelings and three brand new three three brand new mechanics are standard, I guess, and sagas and gods 
and new characters and you know returning old characters that we'll get to yep <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it so so boast what, what are your thoughts on boast i mean it's, it's just kind of like um like raid isn't it really but it's like you have to raid and then activate it yeah it's it's raid by a different name basically yeah. uh yeah that's literally it right yeah essentially yeah. yeah i guess i guess with with raid like obviously you you could play the spell or activate the ability or whatever or like play the creature or play the spell just as it is but then raid was like an extra bonus like if you had attacked that turn mm-hmm. whereas with boast boast can only be activated or i guess boast boast spells only happen i don't know we haven't seen any boast spells so far we've only seen it on creatures so i assume it's going to be creatures only but boast abilities yeah. can only be activated once that creature has attacked so it's it is like raid in a sense in which you, you need to attack but at least raid cards sort of did something without the raid bit weird, weird fluff on this card yeah it's like so it's a human berserker that attacks and then celebrate the fact that it attacks it boasts by bringing in a dragon into play yeah is that really a boast who knows seems unnecessary <laughs> yeah it's a it's a mechanic we've seen before right like it, effectively it's just that yeah. rather than a, an additional thing yeah essentially um, yeah yeah which I guess, so I guess when you know you're adding all these mechanics but one of them is kind of boring <laughs> it's kind of fine I guess yeah yeah definitely I mean you know maybe maybe there'll be like a boast I don't know, like some sort of boast energy. Like this, when this creature enters the battlefield, it gets, you know, a plus one plus one counter for each time for like each creature that has boasted this turn or something. Or I don't know. Yeah. I guess there's probably like lots of like synergies you can do to it, but yeah, but there is the only so just... much so much you can cram into with that. Yeah, but it's just it, this this card specifically is just very weird to me. That, yeah, you know, I've attacked you, so now I'm supposed to boast about it by bringing in my dragon friend. I don't really, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, a new it's a bit of an odd one. Is so. Do you want to go to a new mechanic next? Yeah. And not a new sort of a returning mechanic. Do we have another returning mechanic? We do. Yeah. Go on. Magda, brazen outlaw, one red for a legendary creature, dwarf berserker of a dwarf's control. Get plus one plus zero. Whenever oh, a dwarf, dwarf you control becomes tapped, create a treasure token. Okay. Sacrifice five treasures. <laughs> search your library okay. for an artifact or dragon card. <laughs> put that on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Oh my god. Okay. Um, so, treasures are back. So treasures are back, which are technically evergreen or deciduous at this yep. point. Also, this is technically the opposite of inspired. Yeah. Which is another mechanic technically because dwarves are <laughs> being tapped. <laughs> God damn it! This has too much. That's it, right? Like, because because all the dwarves we've seen so far, like in the theme boosters, I think, um, or something I've seen. Yeah, there's one um, war chanter scald, which is from the theme booster when it becomes tapped. If it's enchanted, it could make a 2-1 Red Dwarf Berserker creature token. Yeah. So, dwarves care about being tapped, which is technically another mechanic. <laughs> it's, on, <laughs> it's on a mechanic of like, the fact that there's a dwarf and that's a tribe, but dwarves care about being tapped, which is obviously because vehicles, because they care about vehicles. It's all tied together in a beautiful web. Um, but this is just the opposite of Inspired, because Inspired was when they become untapped, do a thing, and now it's become, yeah. like, become tapped, do a thing. Um, so I guess the law here is... Yeah. Uninspired whatever. dwarves. Uninspired dwarves, <laughs> but the 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 joke is when you tap a tap a dwarf to get in a car, you give it a medal, I guess, because <laughs> you tap Actually, it to get in the car, yeah, you, right, in the vehicle, and then you give it a treasure. <laughs> tap a dwarf and it pays you, I guess. Yeah, and also this card cares about dragons. So dwarves and dragons are interlinked, apparently. Apparently, though. God, damn! I forgot. About this. <laughs> also, also, this is a two mana dwarf lord, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, 
it's, it's just like like how many how many different mechanics and abilities can you just tap onto a creature? I, like I didn't realize until until we got to this point how many things were just how many mecha- yeah how many me- mechanics are in Kalheim. It it it's kind of absurd. Like I, I do kind of love it because yeah you're right. Like a lot of these things are sort of deciduous or evergreen mechanics, treasures and vehicles and stuff. Like we've seen that before. We've seen changeling before. We have seen a lot of this stuff before, but. To cram it all into one the more, set is wild. Yeah, like the more I look at like individual cards from the set, the more I'm starting to feel like, oh, it's, it's kind of a bit like Modern Horizons. It is a little bit like return, loads of returning mechanics, loads of card mechanic mechanics that are similar to ones we've seen before, or like can be shortcuts. So like when you have like Tyler Tracker, right? Yeah. Like Tyler Tracker has landfall, right? But it doesn't have landfall because it's in Shadows of Innistrad. So like that's that's the kind of vibe I'm getting here. And it's it's wild to me, just like it's a brand new play. Well, not a brand new plane, but a plane we haven't visited in a card yeah, set yeah. before. Um, and then we also have loads of lore to go along with it, and returning characters. And then we also have all of these new mechanics. It's just well, I hope this set isn't bad. Yeah, I really hope the set isn't bad. I mean, it looks really cool from what we've seen so far. Yeah, because like, I was really excited for Akoria, and then Akoria turned out to be kind of bad. I guess that's yeah. mainly because of Rata and Bannings and stuff, but you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I I just kind of really disliked Akoria, which which sucked, because I'm a massive kaiju fan, and it, I guess the, the way it was marketed, or I guess, I don't know, what, whatever the term is for like marketing something without giving any details away is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was there. Uh, it was low. Oh, it's 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 the lair of the behemoths. It's kaiju world. It's going to be cool, huge monsters. And then it wasn't that at all. And yep. Then the whole companion thing, and then yep. the cycling unlimited. And I yep. was just not a fan of Akoria in the slightest, which uh, was a real shame, big disappointment. Yeah. But right. should we get back back to Kaldheim because we do have one more new mechanic to talk about? Yeah, one final mechanic. Jesus yeah. Christ. So our final new one is Fortel. Uh, so this one that we've seen on the card, Battle Mammoth. It's a three green green for an elephant. It's six five with trample. And whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. Hello, Leovold. Uh, and it has Fortel, two green green. During your turn, you may pay two and exile this card from your hand face down. Cast it on a later turn for its Fortel cost. Wow, this green card seems kind of good. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean it's a mythic, so it's it's yeah, it's going to be kind of good. But yep. foretell is just kind of like slow morph, right? Uh, yes, but you you don't get a two two, and they can't interact with it. I yeah, believe. Then, then again, I guess if you have something like uh, pull from eternity, something like that, I guess you could technically interact with it or processing, right? Process oh, the, the Eldrazi. Kaya's emblem, I guess. Oh, Kaya's emblem. We're going to me. If it's a if it's a legendary, oh yeah, spell that you have in exile with foretell, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's you get to throw it away for two mana at sorcery speed, right? Yeah. Nope. Uh, nope. You can foretell at instant speed. Ooh, okay. Yeah, during your turn, you may pay two in exile this card from your hand you face down. You can't foretell it because I guess the foretelling is is the unmorphing, right? It's yeah. The casting yeah. it. So you, I I assume that isn't explicit in this reminder text. I assume it it has all restrictions of the card right so if you're paying four mana to foretell it you're casting it at sorcery speed like you would any other creature yeah, yeah you can you can pay to and exile it from your hand to do it instant speed during your, only during your turn during your turn yeah, so you only during your turn speed. but I assume it w- will be instant speed right yeah, it can still be instant speed so you can still do it in response to something like yeah so thought like, effects alright I'll, yeah. I'll pay to and exile this card like, yeah it's interesting definitely yeah and then we also had from the commander deck right 
one of them can, cares about Fortale. Yes, yeah. Ranar the Everwatchful, which is two white blue for a flying vigilance. The first card you foretell each turn costs zero to foretell. And you may exile one of my cards from your hands and or permanents from the battlefield, create a 1 1 white spirit creature with flying. Sure, it's a foretell commander deck, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so foretell is just kind of weird morph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Different kind it's of morph. Slow morph. Like, yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is fine. Um, yeah. That's, that's cool, yeah. And this this card seems. Uh, it's just the Elder Gar- Gargroth of the set, I suppose. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think that's it. Like, it's. It's nice to see like a powerful green mythic and not just a completely busted green mythic. I think I think that's quite yeah. a good comparison. Like Elder Gargroth is, is quite a nice comparison there. I think like on the battlefield, it's probably not half as good as Elder Gargroth. I think it it will certainly provide a similar role in limited, and it's it's going to be played in the kind of decks that would play that card anyway. So yeah, I think I think it's fine. I'm happy with this being the the green mythic and. Or at least this green mythic. I guess we'll we'll get on to another green mythic. Yeah, I mean that's all the that's all the mechanics and all of the gushing. I look forward to runes being a thing that we already know about by the time yeah. the episode goes out, and we just sound stupid or maybe really smart. Um, but yeah, that's God. There's so much in this set, and you, you know how there's already so much in this set. Why why if there was something else that was also a huge deal? Yeah, that loads of people would care about. <laughs> Absolutely. So, like again, probably by by the point this comes out, this will have actually been been officially revealed on like the the stream or whatever. But we have we have quite a a big quite a big notable return of a character, um, and it's it's kind of a real shame that it was previewed this way. I think that's true of all of these things because all of the leaks yeah. we have. The only reason we know about any of these mechanics that we've just spent the entire episode talking about is because of leaks. So they had revealed the fact that Kyra and Tybalt are here, right? They had revealed yeah. a saga. They had revealed Changeling. And they had revealed Dwarves. And the fact that it's a tribal set. Yeah. They they hadn't revealed um, Boast or Fortel. Or what, like, you know, what Fortel I guess actually was. They had, we, yeah, the Fortel commander doesn't have the, the Fortel rules text on it. Yeah, so we don't know what we didn't know what Fortel does. The only reason we know what runes are. And it's and and the only reason we know what this next card is, it it's it's kind of a shame that I imagine they had like a, a way to reveal it, being like this is the big deal, and for a day you care about Fortel, and for a day you care about runes, and for a day you care about boast, right? Yeah. And it's a cool way to reveal things, and obviously leaks suck anyway for a multitude of reasons. Please don't leak cards unless I guess you open them in a Commander Legends booster pack, and Watsy have just screwed up their distribution for the hundredth time in the last two months, um, and then it's kind of it is what it is, but. <clears throat> it's a shame that all these things have already been spoiled before they got a chance to do what I imagine is a very cool spoiler season based on all the splash art that I've seen. Um, yeah, 100%. And I, I think this this next one in particular feels a lot like when uh, when uh, Kozlek was leaked from Oath of the Gate- Gatewatch. Yeah, this would have been um, a really cool moment to reveal yeah. in, uh, via official channels. But... Oh well. It's, yeah, that's it. By, by this point, it's, it's far too late for that, and you know, I I assume that this this will definitely have been officially previewed by the time it comes out. But yeah, this this was this was leaked twenty second of December, so it's been quite a while now, and I, I think it's a fair game to talk about. So yep. we go. We have Vorinclex, monstrous raider. Yay! That's uh, four green green for a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. Uh, six six trample haste. If you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, you put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. That's a tongue twister. 
If an opponent would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, they put half that many of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead, rounded down. Say that with a mouthful of cheese. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's, it's a 6-6. Um, yeah, so, Vorinclex, thoughts? Um, one, the art is incredibly cool. Yeah, I love this piece that, of art. Definitely. I love New Phyrexia, I love the Praetors, I love Vorinclex specifically. I love the art, it's amazing. It's like, you want by Darken as well. I feel like yeah, it's not that really often cool. that we get Darken art these days. No, it's really, really cool. Like, sort of, like, raiding through the forest um, of Kaltheim. Looking real cool with his bone ears <laughs> and <laughs> tusks. Um, yeah, this is a commander card. That's nice. It has a doubling season-ish effect. Uh, yeah. A, what's, the, what's the one from Jumpstart that only cares about counters? Thriving Snow. Something... But anyway, it no doubles idea. counters, which is cool, and hearts go through opponents, which is reminiscent of the old Vorinclex, which was double your mana, half your opponent's mana by they don't attack, which is a miserable card to play against. Um, this is a similar feeling. It's a big dumb green mythic that is a six mana six is trampling haste. Um, as a card, fine. It's a commander seed, I imagine. I yeah. would be surprised if this was the top end of ramp decks, unless counters become a really big deal I mean yeah in a format where you have Ugin the Spirit Dragon like this card is never going to be the top end of ramp decks yeah exactly I think I mean this acts like a doubling season for Planeswalkers right yeah so if you play this then play a Planeswalker you can immediately ultimate in the case of Kaya for example and it stops your opponent doing counter things and I imagine this interacts in a strange way with Sagas Right? Yeah, it's probably it probably will like quite strange with sagas actually. Yeah, which is kind of weird because if it halves the amount of permanent the amount of counters your opponent would put on their saga rounding down, they will always put zero on, so they just get to perpetually do chapter one of a saga, right? Yeah, which is odd, I think. Um, yeah, as a card, fine. As a Phyrexian Praetor existing on Cal time, interesting. <laughs> I yeah, think that's definitely. where your blue so... flies, right? <laughs> That's it. I think this is it's probably my my third and final concern that I uh, that I have really about the set is that I I was super super excited for Kaldheim. I really really was looking forward to it being this this cool new standalone plane, sort of in the the vein of like Eldraine and Akoria and you know the many planes that we've had sort of recently. Um, so for me, sort of having the Phyrexian or at least singular Phyrexian in Vorinclex on Kaldheim, I just worry that that might overshadow like the rest of the law of the plane, maybe. and Maybe players will focus on the Phyrexians, which like mm-hmm. it's got to happen at some point. Like Obviously, at some point, we have to have the Phyrexians come back, and they're going to be the new the new old big bad again. Uh, we're going to have Khan destroy the Phyrexians, we're going to have that storyline, and it's going to be awesome. Like we saw the Phyrexians as, as recently as Theros Beyond Death, where like Ashiok dove into Elspeth's nightmares and saw the Phyrexians and was like, "Cool, I'm going to go see what that is." Bye. <laughs> uh, yep. But I don't know. I I I just worry that with Foreign Clocks being here, Kaldheim is now forever going to be, oh, it's the plane where the Phyrexians came back, or at least the plane where Vorakrex yeah. came back, as opposed to oh, it's the cool Viking plane. And I think I kind of just want the cool Viking plane. 
Yeah, I have a lot of things to say about that, but first of all, I will point out the fact that this doubles counters. I've just looked through the spoiler and realised that a lot of counters, a lot of cards care about putting plus one plus one counters on creatures. Yeah. And that's another theme. Yeah. <laughs> Resplendent Marshal puts plus one plus one counters on it. Uh, Sarulf, Realm Eater, which is the Black Green Wolf, puts oh, one yeah. one counters on itself. Blessing of Frost, which is what we talked about, the Snow Sorcery, puts one one counters on things. So that's also a theme, I guess. That's fun. Also, Showdown of the Skulls, the Red White Saga puts plus one plus one counters on things, so maybe the fact that it doubles counters is relevant and halves your opponent's counters is relevant. But I get the impression that this isn't going to be a Phyrexian plane in the same way that the new Phyrexian was, was yeah. a Phyrexian plane, right? In that in the Phyrexians had... It's, it's weird, because, like... It, we don't get a chance. Like I, said, like I was saying, with like the single set blocks, we don't get a chance to see a plane and then see a thing happen and then see the end of that thing happen, right? So if it was yeah. Cal time, we had Cal time, right? It was a set. And then the next set was, ooh, Vorinclex is here. And then the third set was, ooh, all the fractions are here and doing stuff. That's cool. That's That creates a story where you have to put it all in one set. And as we've already talked about, there are so many things going on in this set and it's a yeah. plane that we haven't been to before. The fact that Vorinclex is here is... <sighs> If it's cool. I like. I love fractions. I love the new fractions specifically. They're like my favorite part of Magic. Um, but just sort of jamming it in here, there are no other cards we've seen so far, and we've seen quite a lot of the rares through the through the leaks. There are no other fraction cards here, right? So it looks like it's yeah. probably just Vorinclex. Maybe there's like an additional one or a, um, a Jink Taxis is lurking around somewhere. That's it. We've we've seen twenty four out of two hundred eighty five cards in the set so far, and I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only one we've seen referenced in Phyrexian is is Vorinclex, and I've seen sort of a lot of theories and stuff, you know, being put forward that oh maybe maybe we'll see Vorinclex on Kaldheim, and then maybe we'll see like Jinkataxis will show up on on Strixhaven, and and then maybe Innistrad Elishnorn will turn up, or Shieldred will turn up on on Innistrad, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. or maybe maybe. This is it. Like one by one, the Phyrexian Imperators have found a way to cross the planes and are going in over planes and trying to take them for their own. So, like, which is maybe that's going to be the story here. Which, which is, I will point out, extremely cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think much. it's cool. A hundred percent, hundred percent, think it's really cool, and I love it. But I, I fully agree with you. I wish, I wish this had been. If if this is going to be the case, I, I do kind of wish this has been a, a two set block, where yep. you do have yep. this big. Oh, here's Kaldheim, here's the world. And then maybe just like like one or two little hints, like in some of like the dwarf cards. The dwarves are in the mine and oh they've they've discovered a new type of metal or a new type of some sort of oil has leaked through when they've been drilling, like that kind of thing. Like just maybe one or two little hints and then I guess very much like the uh like the Eldrazi in Shadows of Ernestrad. Just one or two little hints like that would have been cool and then the second yeah. set um, here's Vorinclex, here's where things start to get a bit weird. That would have been really cool. Yeah, but that's not to be, unfortunately. Nope. But remember how much fun we had discussing what the thing that Thraven Inspector was picking up in the art? Yeah, it's thing was. in the ice. They were not thing in the ice, it was Marit Lavage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, we don't know what it is and what, what the cryptonites are, what could they be, and that was all fun. And I was just like, no, Vorinclex is here, what up? Yeah. We yeah. had an entire set. Shadows of Innistrad, we had an entire set. The, time, the entire time that was in standard before El, uh, Eldritch Moon spoilers died, even when they revealed the Eldritch Moon teaser trailer, and we were like, oh, the Avicinian uh, collar is being warped, and oh, what could it be? We had an entire block to think about it, but now it's just like, unfortunately it's a leak, but we would have got this spoiler relatively soon anyway, because card time releases yeah. fairly soon. It's just like, oh, brown cracks, here you go. There's no... For, and I guess that's kind of a not really a complaint. It's just that this is how magic is now. And it's single block, single block sets. And yeah, that that it's 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 not really the business. Like magic doesn't have the same business model that it used to. 
like it's just shot us over in a flat time and it that kind of sucks and there are so many so many other problems sort of tied to that we, we've talked about before and could talk about for hours and hours and hours but i I think the way they did that reveal of Shadows over Innistrad, like even like right up to the minute, right up to the minute that like yep. Emrakul was was previewed, there was still still wars raging on the internet. Like, oh, is it Emrakul? Is it Marat Large? Like, what is it? What is it going to be? And then, I guess like, even as recently as like like the Wanderer, we didn't really know anything about the Wanderer, and people were like, oh, is it Ugin? Oh, is it Emrakul? What what's the Wanderer? Like, it's it's really cool to have that mystery and that that unknown but it'd be like a really cool thing in magic and i feel like that's something that they potentially they might have missed here but i i guess the, the world that we live in this card has been leaked and we'll we'll never know because it, it could like it 100 could be that oh it's the case that vorinclex is the only one on this plane and then strixhaven jinkataxis is there and, and and that is going to be the thing and mm-hmm. it would have been really cool just to get that yep like previewed when we have like the official trailer but yeah, that would have been really cool. And I, I don't know. I just sort, had a your, sort your quality control out, what to. Yes, that appears to just be the thing that we fall back on literally whenever we have an episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Watson is sort something out. Um, I, I, do have, I just had a thought. Maybe the runes are like Phyrexian runes. Yeah, oh, yeah could like well a Phyrexian rune or something that heralds the arrival of Varanclex or. Oh, yeah. Such. I mean, see, I'm getting excited at like, things that like we don't know know it all and we can speculate about but like how cool would that be if that is like i'm gonna be disappointed if that's not the case because if that is the case and then we get the ruins are like phyrexian ruins and then we get like a full phyrexian alphabet in runic letters that would be so sick mm-hmm. but we won't. probably won't get that will we like, <laughs> <laughs> you know we won't no uh, it's unfortunate but yeah i i think i, I like i can't express how much i love New Phyrexia and the Praetors, and I think they're really cool, and I think this Varanclex is really cool. It's just a shit, like all the things we've said, it's a shame that one, it's been leaked, and two, that it's kind of at the moment, at least, it seems like it's just been jammed in yeah. to the set um, without any forethought for, I don't know, anything, but... For, like, anything else in the set. I feel like, like, that... Yeah. yeah, so I think... I think, like, while we've been discussing this and talking about all the mechanics, I feel like this is the first time that I've really sort of just taken on board just how much there is crammed into the set and the, the, yep. there's a lot going on there's a lot going on i don't know how i feel about that but i do know that the set looks cool uh, and i'm super stoked to finally get get Kaldheim. i'm really looking forward to seeing what the what the arena map's going to be as well because there's induce, always an interesting hopefully it won't induce motion sickness yeah, I hope they, <laughs> they learned the lesson from Armageddon. Like, <laughs> it was so bad when I couldn't play Arena for a week because because <laughs> I was getting motion sickness and playing and actually felt nauseous. That was great fun. Thanks, Watty. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, cool. I'm excited. I, I want to. I want to see what I'm, I'm looking forward to. A couple of weeks down the road when we have a full spoiler, we can probably delve into it. But that's those are the headlines, I guess. Yeah, hell yeah, awesome. That's ah. all. All three hundred of the headlines. Jesus Christ. Yeah, all. 50 mechanics i don't know i mean how many should we should we count the mechanics quickly before we go oh if you want to cut out the dead air well we can't absolutely yeah let's do this so we got fortel and yep. we've got boast. sagas we got boast we've so, got uh are we counting gods uh i don't think they're a mechanic i think they're just a feature of the set but okay, they, cool. they're, they count against like the, the multitude of things that are in the set sure we'll take gods gods we've got changeling we've got snow yep. we've got runes Runes. We've got. Can we say tribal? Is that a thing? Tribal's definitely a mechanic of a set. Like there a we go. Of a set, right? Tribal. Plus one counters, kind of. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, vehicles. Vehicles. Treasure. Treasure. Yeah. Uh, I think, and then I guess the fact that dwarves care about being tapped, that doesn't really count. Yeah, um, whatever, whatever the hell it is. I mean, that, that's 10. <laughs> 11? No, I had 11. 11. Well, I guess, yeah, if we're, if we're counting tapping dwarves, that's 11. Wild. I think. 12. Oh, and, and the fact that equipment slash enchanting things, like equipment, is also a theme. Yeah. I know equipment is obviously evergreen, and I suppose, like, coloured equipment is now evergreen. It's just a thing that they in every set, but there are specifically cards that care about equipment, so that's kind of a thing. And uh, dual face model cards. Dual face model cards, which are now just evergreen, I guess. <laughs> um, and then obviously you add on all to this the fact, the fact we have showcase versions which we haven't even touched on which look incredible yeah, the they do look really incredible nice, and they have like big, really big old fan. world sort of like really old fantasy art that you'd see on like Games Workshop products from the 1980s it's yeah it's like stuff ripped from like the cover of Happy Metal it's so and we cool. have a we have a legendary squirrel like yeah <laughs> I haven't even mentioned that which doesn't do anything with squirrels it's just an Edric type card which does something but that's cool um, we have Commander decks <laughs> like this set's packed and this is why I really don't want it to be be a flop because there's so much gone into the set yeah um, no, that, that's it I guess that, that I think that's one way to look at it really nicely like th- there's a hell of a lot in this set but clearly that means there there has been a lot of thought and a lot of effort and a lot of love and passion put into the set really I think like yeah. all of the art that we've seen is incredible all of the cards look cool like the showcase stuff is amazing the like the secret layer dual lands with like the Kaldheim art is amazing as well I might actually yep. even buy it no matter how much I hate secret layers. Uh, yep. they're just really really cool mm-hmm. and yeah there's so much going on but yep. I I really I really want that to be want that to be good and I think like at this point I'm definitely I'm definitely trying to be optimistic about it definitely have concerns but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be open minded and save my judgement until I actually play it yeah absolutely I mean I yeah it's worth pointing out that treasures are actually a thing it's not just like smothering tide where you randomly make a treasure there is, so there's a card from the theme booster that says sacrifice two treasures, do a thing. Um, yeah. and, and also the fact that we have modal double face cards that you can cast on either side, which is a brand new mechanic because before we just had the double face cards that could um, that were lance on the other side. So now we actually yeah. have like castable double face cards that you can reveal and cast at the same. It's a whole mess of good yes. stuff, I imagine. <laughs> there's so much stuff going on. Um, but I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. I really wish um, we hadn't spent the first twenty minutes of this podcast talking about Kaya because Kaya's yeah. <laughs> really cool, but we wasted a lot of equitable time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> Kaya's just really cool, though. I Kaya's just Kaya. great. I love Kaya. Big big fan. Cool. Awesome. So I think that is pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, I think yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring this back, make this more regularly, and I think now we're gonna get more. I guess by the time we record the next episode, we'll have a lot more information about Kaldheim and a lot more cards to talk about. I, I think I think I'm looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. It's going to be good. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I look that forward is... to our impending three-month hires. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is all we have time for this week. Uh, let us know how you feel about Kaldheim. Have you noticed that there are like 15 mechanics in the set? Uh, what do you think about Vorin Klex being here? Come hit us up on social media, let us know. You can get at us on Twitter. We are at HFDcast facebook.com slash hrfdcast uh, or if you've really enjoyed the show and want to give back in a monetary amount at all you hit us up at patreon we are patreon.com slash arrow devastation where tiers start from as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode yeah but uh, like we say every week it's uh, uh, the money is useful to, uh, to to keep right now or to give to other potentially more deserving causes um, <laughs> the UK has literally just been flung off the edge of a cliff um, for a multitude of reasons, and I imagine that's true <laughs> in many countries around the world that weren't as stupid to vote for something like Brexit. Um, 
and there are many people that need your money, and also you should probably buy food and stuff, or it's going to be a horrendous winter. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> if you want to find me on my own personal social oh, media, Jesus. on Twitter, I'm at Peach Garden Oaf. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups. I'm sure you'll you'll see me around for doing something, I'm sure. Uh, you can also catch me on Twitch. I stream fairly regularly. Um, every Friday night, I'll be doing some sort of magic content. I've been doing uh, Vintage Cube. That's been back up. I did the Vintage Supreme Cube draft, and that was horrendous. Never again. <laughs> Please don't bring that back, Watson. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to be doing some more cool things in the future. And then I'm also streaming on Saturdays and Sundays, sort of alternating weekly as well. Best thing to do, twitch.tv slash peachgardenove. Give me a follow and hopefully I'll see you there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's Neil69. Nice. It's literally just evolving into me demanding the head of Boris Johnson. I'm not joking. Um, I'm also definitely on Facebook. Definitely causing trouble. <laughs> Currently. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Just telling bigots to fuck off. Sweet. Well, we'll see if you're still on Facebook by the time this this <laughs> this episode comes out. Remember that time I got put in Facebook jail for 14 days? Hell yeah. Because I, I said that we should physically assault Nazis. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. What that bias in, in, in social media there. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfather has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Arrow Devastation. <laughs>